Welcome to Two Open Doors, the podcast that explores our power to open or close the doors of relationship with the important people in our lives. We hope you'll learn from and share your wisdom with our community. Thanks for joining us. A relationship takes place between two people, each of which seeks to meet both their own interests and desires and those of their partner. That means that any relationship entails an ongoing balancing act between these two different and sometimes competing interests. In effect, there are three distinct entities present in any relationship, the two partners as individuals and the shared entity of their relationship which they co-create. In this episode, we'll consider how self and other can be balanced in a way that is beneficial and nurturing to both partners. Before we can engage in a healthy relationship, each of us must ensure that our own core needs are met first. What we're referring to here is what we've referred to as the needs of one's core self in previous episodes. Those needs are distinguished from the more superficial goals and desires that we can negotiate with our partner to attain a mutually agreeable compromise of both partners' desires. What are our core needs? First, those are the things that we need in our lives without which we lose or compromise something that is essential to who we are. Our core needs might include living in accordance with our deeply felt beliefs or having our basic physical and emotional needs met, such as security, safety, freedom of self-expression, and companionship. Stepping back, though, it's sometimes not obvious where we should draw the line between what is essential to our well-being and personal integrity versus the more superficial desires that we can negotiate with a partner. We can't know what is essential to us if we don't know ourselves. That's perhaps the central reason that healthy relationships need to rest on a firm foundation of self-knowledge. In our social existence, we're constantly bombarded with requests and demands from others. Without self-knowledge, it's easy to conceive of giving away parts of ourselves by serving others without even realizing that doing so comes at a steep cost to us. We can easily find ourselves physically disadvantaged, such as being overly stressed because we gave away too much of our time serving others. Similarly, we can feel emotionally overextended or starved for caring, affection, and validation, while failing to recognize that those feelings may be self-inflicted wounds that are attributable to our not being good stewards for ourselves. Thinking more deeply about the theme of self-care, I've observed that many people seem to have absorbed some rather damaging social messages regarding selfishness. That probably includes myself. The resulting funky social programming often comes from parents or other relatives or from organizations such as schools and religions. Many of us are told that it's virtuous to consider others' needs before our own, that we should strive to be selfless in serving others. Yes, it's true that as people living in a society, each of us needs to contribute to maintaining that society by considering the fair needs and desires of others. However, as the biological creatures that we are, we have an inborn imperative to ensure that our own basic needs are covered. That's what's required for our survival, and it is the basis for our innate drive toward homeostasis, or maintenance of biological needs for food, water, etc., at optimal levels. As animals who can reason, we humans can communicate and collaborate in ways that other species probably can't. The resulting abilities to cooperate with one another probably explain why humans have such a preeminent role in the world. Returning to our theme of relationship, our collaborative nature lets us satisfy our individual needs with the help of others, and we reciprocate that support for others. 
My conclusion is that each of us is responsible for meeting our basic needs with the help of others whose needs we help to fill. We're deeply interdependent. It's not selfish to tend to our core needs. As we've just considered, satisfying one's core needs is important, but we also have to support the needs of others with whom we interact. Taking care of one's own needs to the exclusion of others constitutes bona fide selfishness. That isn't a sustainable and socially just way to live. At the other extreme, it's possible to focus so much of our energy on caring for others that we fail to take proper care of ourselves. Such a high degree of selflessness isn't any healthier than is extreme selfishness. The reasons for an excessive focus on serving others can be far from benign. A person may feel so worthless or defective that they don't see themselves as worthy of self-care or of accepting care from others. Such people may have developed that perspective due to being discounted or ignored in childhood. A person may also want to serve others in an almost compulsive manner because they feel unsafe or unvalued and want to curry favor from others who might not otherwise provide caring and support. That's yet another form of insecurity that usually has roots in childhood mistreatment. A person who has a secure attachment style feels strong self-worth, producing self-respect and expectations of respectful and supportive treatment from others. Such a person is able to provide good self-care while also maintaining availability to help others. As we've discussed in prior episodes, even those of us who were not fortunate enough to develop secure attachment in our childhood circumstances are able to attain earned secure attachment as adults. That requires effort, but it's possible. Childhood attachment style isn't destiny. Let's now consider how this balance of self-focus with other focus can affect our relationships. First, a relationship partner whose core needs are met feels a sense of personal security since they aren't missing anything essential to their well-being. Such a partner tends to be self-assured, calm, and stable. Also, a partner with satisfied core needs is unlikely to be clingy or make unreasonable demands on a partner since such a person isn't inappropriately reliant on a partner to supply their unmet core needs. Such misguided reliance on others is the basis for the popular but faulty notion of being completed by a partner. Third, a person with satisfied core needs is able to feel personal satisfaction and well-being. Their absence of unmet core needs enables them to be truly present with a partner and able to approach that partner with a spirit of generosity and supportiveness. Also, and conversely, satisfied core needs create psychic room to be open to receiving from a partner. That enables the satisfied person to be vulnerable with a partner, thus building trust and receptiveness. And a person with satisfied core needs is usually content and satisfied with their life, since they are not missing any of the key ingredients for a full life. From my perspective, I would certainly enjoy having a deep connection with a partner who shows the preceding traits. Knowing that one's partner has assumed responsibility for their own happiness and basic needs enables one to focus on building connection with that person. Of course, assuming personal responsibility for oneself also allows us to give that same gift to our partner. As we've seen, each of us has legitimate core needs, and each of us is responsible for ensuring that those needs are met. If we fail to do so, it's likely that we will unfairly and inappropriately look to a partner to fill those gaps, and that is a tremendous burden to place on them. 
Having secured our own core needs, it's also important for us to extend ourselves for the sake of our partner, since relationships are the clearest domain in which our human interdependence plays out. Being present for a partner, with generosity and caring, is a tangible demonstration to them that our love for them is a verb. The resulting mutual caring and support strengthens the trust and satisfaction that form the backbone of an intimate relationship. The partners in a relationship that balances individual self-care with mutual care can relax into exploring one another and into sharing life's adventures together. To learn more about Two Open Doors and to engage with our community, I'd like to invite you to visit the Two Open Doors private Facebook group for blog posts and discussion and the Two Open Doors meetup group for events. I also invite you to contact me directly by writing to me at claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, at twoopendoors.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll use your inputs to guide my work on future blog posts and podcast episodes. Thanks for visiting Two Open Doors. Two Open Doors